Excited to welcome in Northwestern Baseball Assistant Coach Luke Widbin to the pod. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. It's great to be here, Ryan. Thanks for having me on. So we're probably going to go a lot of different directions with this, but just an easy one to start off. Talk to us about how you got into coaching at Northwestern and your journey so far up until where we're at right now. An extremely simple question with not a normal answer. So I guess that is a good place to start. Uh, Well, with me in baseball, I always considered myself a hockey guy growing up, but I I, I grew up in what was really considered a two-sport home. We were hockey fans. We were baseball fans. We were St. Louis people. So clearly being the best fans in baseball, you have to be a baseball household, right? And so... Uh, I played baseball really my whole life growing up. Um, I was not particularly good at baseball my whole life growing up, so I spent a lot of time watching my friends play baseball while I had a glove and cleats on. I had a real good skill for doing book uh, for varsity games while my friends played varsity baseball. And then, um, fun fact, my junior year of high school I had three plate appearances, one walk, one strikeout, one hit by pitch. So you could say things were going pretty well for me in the sport of baseball. But my senior year, all of a sudden, I uh, I just sort of figured it out at the plate. Um, but still, you know, got some success there, but nothing great. I went to Northwestern for college. This was 2007, would have been my freshman year of college, the 07-08 year. And I thought about just, you know, hot off a a decent season of baseball for the first time in my life, just bringing my glove, no knowledge of college athletics, even at the D3 level or how that worked, would just, you know, show up to tryouts. I didn't do that, which I always sort of regretted. Um, But I made the decision that as a undecided journalism or radio broadcasting major, I was going to be better off announcing baseball games then I was going to be sitting the bench for more baseball games. So I ended up doing that through school. I I ended up in the journalism program, but had a minor in radio broadcasting. And uh, fast forward to the year, you know, 2011. I mean, so throughout all that time of just broadcasting and being the sports editor for the Northwestern Student Newspaper, that's where I really met Coach Heeb, just doing different interviews. And it's nothing like... Uh, the athletic department does now. Um, nowhere near the level that you're at, Ryan, or that you know you guys did with basketball or anything. It was a lot more grassroots, even you know, ten years ago when I was in school. But um, I became right out of school an admission counselor at Northwestern, and so working full time at the school. It was 2014, I want to say probably around this time, uh, maybe even May 2014. And my wife, who uh, also now works in the athletics department, um, but at that time, uh, I don't even think she was working full-time at Northwestern, but we had decided, you know, as an admission counselor, we invited a lot of students into our home that I would recruit just because people did that for us, me being from Northwest Iowa, she being from the Black Hills. We had people at Northwestern that really took care of us, you know, being so far away. And we wanted to pay that forward. And we started to think, you know, what's a group that we really enjoy? Well, 
I enjoyed baseball. Um, one of the people I had recruited was on the baseball team, and that entire year I was helping him on the side with, you know, not really helping him with pitching, but I was catching for him, you know, because he needed extra work. He wanted that uh, to try to get on the field a little bit more. So I kind of got the baseball itch again, and I just sent Coach Heave an email and said, if you guys ever need a place to you know, have a team meeting where we could, you know, cook you a meal or anything like that. We would love to open our home to you guys. And he didn't answer me at all. The whole season went by <laughs> nothing. I was like, okay, that's cool. That, that's totally fine. A week before the 2015 season starts. So this is, you know, fall 2014, but it'd be the 15 baseball season, right? I get an email in my, you know, admission counselor, Northwestern email inbox it says, Luke, we have, I think at that time it was 40. We, we have 40 guys scheduled to go out for the team this fall. It's by far the most we've ever had. What do you think about coaching? And I just sat there looking at my computer going, is he nuts? I, I, so I wrote back. I was like, you know, maybe I'm not clear, you know, or w w wasn't clear in my explanation. I, you know, that sounds like a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong, but in no shape you know, or form, like, you know, you should know this. I, I, I didn't play here. I, I love baseball, but I don't, I'm not qualified to coach baseball at this point. I, I wasn't even qualified to play baseball in high school for the most part. And he's like, yeah, you know, we have coaches. What I need is somebody on staff to, uh, I think the way he put it at the time was make sure some of the guys at the end of the bench don't get lost in the shuffle. And I thought that just sounded like a ton of fun. I got to, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but I showed up. And the very first day I showed up, it turns out he didn't tell any of the other assistants. So uh, Coach Gay Bicom, Coach <laughs> Tyler Sage, who have been on his staff for a long time, um, I was actually announcing games when Tyler Sage was a senior in college. So I, I knew him a little bit. So I went up to him first. And uh, he says, well, uh, you can call me Coach Sage. Uh, if you want to go get in line in the outfield, uh, we're just hitting balls right now. I was like, oh, I, I'm uh, I'm actually here to coach. He goes, oh, well, you can call me Tex then. And so it, it that's that's how it started. I, I never expected to get into coaching. And, you know, that was the 2015 season, and now it's the 2022 season. And uh, I love it just as much, you know, now as I ever did. So... That was a really long-winded answer to what would have, should have been a normal question, but not a whole lot of what I do with the team is very normal, I can tell you that. Hey, no, I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to have you tell that story about you and Sage and how he thought you were a player initially. Oh, and it's a classic. It, it, it gets is. better every year. It, it does. So uh, I'm going to be straightforward. I never called you coach when I was a player. I'm not going to call you coach tonight in this interview. I'm just going to call you Whitman. That's, that's, that's how fair. I know you. That's right. Talk a little bit, I guess, you stepped away from the program for a couple years, I know, after you initially got into it, and then you came back. So I think it was my freshman and sophomore year you weren't involved. I can't remember if you were my junior year. Uh, talk about that, I guess, and then coming back and just the, your perspective, I guess, on the program over the years. Yeah, so um, I coached 2015, 2016, 2017. And it was also during that time that uh, I had got into Northwestern's master's program, which is something I said I would never do, was go back to school, 
I said I would never do anything with with math. You know, I was a creative guy. You know, I was the I was the journalism radio guy, and I got into an MBA. I was like, what am I doing here? But uh, you know, I. I was at that point trying a whole lot of new things. I didn't have a whole lot of business coaching baseball and we'll just throw business classes into it too. But, um, it, it, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun to, to learn the game in a way that I never did as a player and learn the game in a way, you know, I, I can do major league baseball trivia with the best of them, but the, the X's and O's of baseball was really what I just picked up on the fly those first few years. Um, and so as it went on, I, I really gained a, a greater appreciation for the sport and was really lucky to have that opportunity. It was right before the 2018 season um, where I was planning to coach, but uh, knew that I was going to look for employment outside of Northwestern because this may come as a shock, but I don't think there's very many assistant coaches in the UMAC or in any of Division Three, for that matter that are full-time staff members. There are some, but uh, very, very, very few, and certainly not me. And so, um, you know, we've 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 got to make ends meet other ways, right? This uh-huh. is the job after the job, and uh, I was finally going to spread my wings and you know fly off of Northwestern's campus. And it was a job that just was not going to be conducive, and I knew it from the start to being able to coach and be a dad you know, and be a husband and all the other things that are very important in my life. And so we made the tough decision to drop baseball, but we never really dropped it. One of the things that uh, we felt really strongly about um, in my family was doing, if it was just coaching baseball to coach baseball, that wouldn't be enough. Where we view it is a ministry opportunity for the students that come through this program, regardless of baseball ability. And that's, that's, that's how we viewed it. That's the only reason my wife puts up with it for all the hours that I'm gone is because it's a ministry opportunity that she and the rest of my family is also a part of, you know, a big part of it. So we would have players over for meals from time to time. Um, And that's something that I didn't know what to do when I knew I was leaving the program in 2018. But I kind of left it up to the players. I said, if you still want to come over on Thursday nights for, you know, meals, sometimes we'd get six guys, sometimes we'd get 15 and have to spread them out all over the house. But, um, you know, I'd love to do that. And they kept coming and players I never coached kept coming. Uh, You know, your class, Wyatt, because that would have been your freshman year, right? Was 2018? Yep, correct. Yeah. And so I had had, you know, your older brothers, you know, from in, uh, we had Porter the one year and then Tucker a few years. And, um, and so I was at the first team meeting and said, well, we'll just keep having people come over. And it was really cool to see the players that I did coach pass the torch off to this other group. And it was, you know, let's fast forward. I didn't coach 2018. I didn't coach 2019, but I just hung around the program enough to not have people forget about me. Right. And so, um, I, it comes to March, 2019 and I get a new job that's going to give me a large part of my life back. And it was at a, you know, my girls, they're seven and four and a half right now. So you'd have to dial that back a couple of years. And I was saying, you know, uh, I would sort of like to get back into coaching, but they're getting older. It's just going to get harder. Maybe I can just stay on the edge like this. And I came to one of your guys' games in 2019 and 
between, you know, down on the field, just, you know, she said, as she tells it, she saw my face light up and she knew that I wasn't done yet. And she informed me that I would be coaching the next season. <laughs> and so I asked Coach Teeb and he said, well, I can't pay you much. And I said, hey, what's new? I'll do it anyway. <laughs> and so we laughed and I was there for 2020. And what a season 2020 was. Am I right? Oh, my goodness. I mean, oh, who could forget the games we never played in 2020? <laughs> so so I was a part of it that season for how brief it was. And uh 2021 was a lot more fun, uh, almost as challenging, but, and uh, here we are in 2022. So, oh, yeah, it, it, I, it was, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead, finish up. Yeah, I just remembered the other part to that question. Um, so, it, in some ways, it felt like I never left, but in other ways, it was tough uh, for a while there in the fall in 2020, where I knew some of the guys, particularly the ones that you know, kept coming to our home, but it was kind of like learning to do it all over again. But um, the great thing about about Northwestern baseball is there is a lot of carryover in the coaching staff. Uh, you know, Coach Heeb just coached his 1,000th game a few weeks ago in, uh, at Northwestern, so there's certainly a lot of longevity and comfortability there. Um the assistants, Jesse Eichem, uh picked up right there in 2018. Gabe Eichem, I, I don't even know how many years he and he and Tyler have been in the program, but double-digit years for Gabe, for sure. And then, um, you know, just some of the other assistants that we added to that, you know, maybe were players at one point this year, Max Barthel's coaching, and uh, we have a student coach. And so all, all these... Uh, all these guys just very welcoming back in and Northwestern, at least what we try to do is recruit the type of players who can not only play baseball, but just are a bunch of good guys. And I mean, that's, that's really what makes it all worthwhile. So they're all very accepting and it's always fun to watch the freshmen, you know, first come to me very respectfully and ask for baseball advice. And, you know, I could give them a little bit, but soon they start to figure out, eh, if I want baseball advice, i got to talk to one of these other coaches. So that's always fun for me to watch. But uh, just just being able to hang out, being able to help guys in the ways that I can, being able to, um, you know, s- help them celebrate their accomplishments, whether it's on social media, whether it's on the bench, whether it's the JV games where I'm a more active coaching role, it's it, it's all just a blast for me. So this one uh, comes from a fan of the pod. We can uh, just put it that way, and uh, it's a request to ask you this. So this is a long-standing bit, apparently, on the coaching staff. But Coach Sage or Coach Geikum, who is more high maintenance, in your humble opinion? Oh my goodness! Well, if you're gonna put it just between them, uh, I mean. It's it's Coach Jesse Icom. That's with, what I see. That's oh, what I was thinking. Long shot. I was like, I I don't even know how to answer this because it's just so obvious in front of the face. Um, it it depends on what they're talking about. Uh, but I I've got to say it's it's Coach Gabe Icom. More high maintenance. I will deal with the fallout of that later. Hopefully, uh, well, I, I know that they listen, but uh, maybe they'll get distracted during this part. What would you say, I guess, is with, with the team this year compared to other teams in the past, what's something maybe different about being around the guys this year than in years past? Does anything stick out, I guess? You know, 
sometimes you can't fully figure out what makes a team special until it's over. Sure. Uh, you know, not to get too deep with it, but I think right away, and you had sort of mentioned this when you sort of ran through all of the teams, guys, that, you know, there we have different expectations this year than we've ever had in this program. And, you know, we earned those expectations, but um, not that they, not that that causes problems. And I think what I've been really proud of this team in particular for is that uh, they didn't show up like they'd already won something this year. And that was something in the back of my mind that I had worried about that somehow 2022 would show up like they'd already won the conference or like they'd already, you know, just borrowing 2021's accomplishments. Now there's some confidence that goes into that. And we've already seen this season that if, if you were thinking that you need to not, you know, it's clearly not happening anymore. You guys are a different team for better, for worse, for, you know, I would say for better. It's just unique. Every season's different. It's hard to sustain the same role through, but I have, I have just really enjoyed how this team is pulling together and really can't wait to see how it is moving forward. As we truly get into our conference schedule, we've had, four conference games we've you know gone three and one up until this point they were all very close games our last three um which makes them exciting uh and it's you know we have some guys that are are battling through you know they want to be as good as they finished last year and i think we're all trying to remember you know how did we get to that point it it, it wasn't just easy we we just didn't have it all made last year even though we had great success so how do you reframe your mind and how do you really get into what you need to do, not just this year, but this day, this at bat, you know, what does that look like? That's what we're talking about a lot in, in practices lately is a mental approach to the game and how do you flush the bad stuff and how do you keep the good things out of, you know, the lessons we learn, you know, we don't lose games at Northwestern necessarily. We have wins and we have learning opportunities. And so are you the only way you lose a game is if you choose not to learn anything from those bad moments. So what are we learning from it? And can we flush the rest of it? So it's all just part of the fun of coaching, part of the fun of watching young men really develop into, into men through this program, you know, through the sport of baseball. It's, it's fantastic to be a part of and exciting to watch. It's not always fun at times to watch, you know, guys struggle through that. And yep. sometimes coaches don't have as much hair as we had at the beginning of the practice by the end <laughs> of the game or whatever it is, but it's, it, it is the process that keeps you coming back. I want to deviate uh, real quick from the diamond. We'll get back in a moment, I promise. But you did mention at the top that you grow up, not just as a baseball fan, but a hockey fan as well. And I know that you are a blues supporter and oh, I yeah. know that we got a, we got a pretty good squad here locally as well. So hypothetically, because it, it could happen, whether it's in the first round or the second round, mm-hmm. what do mm-hmm. you think of your squad's chances if they match up with the Minnesota Wild? And what are the odds that you find yourself down at the X next month if those two square off in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Well, okay. The baseball schedule may save my my pocketbook on this one because Wild tickets are real expensive. Now, I went yeah. to the Winter Classic <laughs> – so, you know, I, I, I paid my dues as a Blues fan in the negative 
8,000 degrees. <laughs> a game you'll like always that. remember. It's hard to forget. It sears <laughs> in your brain. Uh, or just, you know, the tingling in my fingers that I think I still feel or whatever it might be. But, no, I, I think the Wild did the right things to make themselves not as much of a pushover from a playoff perspective. I think we all saw what happened in the playoffs last year. They just checked Kaprizov in the back for days, and they folded. Now they got some tough guys that won't let that happen. My hot take on the Wild, uh, the Blues, they're kind of in and out this year. I don't know what to think about them. They've got more question marks. they got to prove to me. And, you know, that is what it's about for them. They have to prove to Luke Woodbin that they can win in the playoffs again after a cup. But um, with the Wild, they have such a brutal schedule down the stretch. And I don't just mean the number of games that they've had to make up because of COVID. I mean the teams that they're playing this last month, that they may run out of gas when it hits the playoffs. So I, it it kills me to say this a little bit, I think they're one of the better teams in the playoffs. I just wonder how much gas they're going to have left in the tank. But that's the fun of it, right? Well, well, that's well, we play them. Hold on a second. What part of that does it kill you to say, that they're one of the better teams in the playoffs or that they're going to run out of gas? <laughs> oh, no. Definitely that they're one of the better teams. It Being an out-of-market sports fan, no matter what it is, you know, me living here in Minnesota like I have for the last 15 years or so, uh, when the Blues lose to the Wild in anything, <laughs> 4,000 text messages come my way. When the Blues win stuff, I just don't think it's all that reciprocal. It's, you know, me spreading it out a little bit, but, you know, everybody gangs up on me here, so I've got kind of an inferiority <laughs> complex, but sure. that's, that's, that's for another episode, right? Sure, yeah. You got, <laughs> you got the total trump card, though. Like you mentioned throughout that whole thing, you can just say, well, we have a cup, and you don't have right. anything close to a cup, so it's it, over. It, it's so great. I wish you guys knew what it was like. Yeah, I we, do. Well, we don't I know in any do. of our sports. I mean, my goodness. Well, I, I mean, r- real quick on this. What I told people was there is no better analogy for what it's like to be a St. Louis Blues fan than what it's like to be a Minnesota Vikings fan, a team that has from the start been relevant but cannot get out of their own way or cannot push it across the line or whatever it is generally always competitive but somehow never close and until 2019 I mean that's what it was Vikings fans if you know what it's like to be a fan of the Vikings then you know exactly what it was like to be a Blues fan so it's going to happen so, at some point is what you're saying I was saying yeah that that's how we look at it sunny side up our day is coming then we're going to win it eventually I'm saying when it does happen everything else just seems a little less important you know <laughs> sure. once you get that one championship you can live with some of the other stuff no Absolutely. We just got to find who's our Jordan Bennington. Who's our guy who's going to get hot in the playoffs and we're going to ride him all the way home. The Blues have to find their Jordan Bennington this year because the one we have (laughs) is not good anymore. (laughs) Hey, I'm going to stay off the diamond for a second. Where do you rank your Twitter game, I guess? I mean, the the in-game tweets, the just in general, I mean, from your personal account even. I mean, you got some pretty good Twitter game, I would say. My problem is I think things are funny that nobody else does. (laughs) That's Um, not true. Well, very few. Okay, I, I'm I'm not for everybody, but the people who like me will rave about me, right? So, um, <laughs> but my involvement with Twitter happened in Florida, uh, in I want to say probably 2017 season, um, 
UNW Baseball had a Twitter account. I don't know who really ran it, or if it was sort of half run by, like, the UNW Eagles, you know, department. I'm not really sure. But it, it, it was just, hey, can you send game updates, um, you know, to the people back home? Because there's no live stream, there's no live stats, there's nothing. And I did it in only a way I could, which, you know, is, is, is hardly unique. You know, I, I like to use a lot of gifts. I like to have a lot of fun with it. I like to make jokes. I try not to be too serious. The brand I have built since then is a little bit more dad humor meets sports information, uh, sort of a crossover. So I try to be consistent. I, uh, you know, sometimes... The joke is the gift. Sometimes the gift compliments the joke. Um, they gave me Instagram this year. I don't even have my own Instagram. So it's been a real educational 2022 for me. Um, they gave me this nice little graphic program that the school bought that I just cannot stay out of. Mm, you're so, doing a great job. Well, I, I just think it's a lot of fun. I think it's fun for the players to just get some exposure with it. And that's what was really fun. You know, last year when we got down the stretch, um, me kind of with this video production background that I like to play around with in high school and a little bit in college, um, just saying, you know, hearing the guys on the on the D3 podcast say, we don't know anything about this school. I was like, yeah, that's fair. Well, we should introduce ourselves. And so just just all the fun stuff that's come from that, you know, that's that's not what it's about. There are times I legitimately worry that it's distracting, but my goal is not to offend or, you know, just make our own press clippings. I think it's just to celebrate all the hard work that the guys do and that they're recognized for it. Because I think it is hard as a spring sport. Everyone's all psyched up for football and volleyball and, you know, everyone's all nice and warm in the gym and basketball. And then spring rolls around and everyone has senioritis, regardless of what year they're in. And it's cold. I mean, we're just trying to get baseball games in here the last few weeks and not get rained on. And, you know, if 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 I can supply that exposure, you know, even just from the coaching staff and inform the parents. And I mean, that's really what it is, because in 2015, I didn't go to Florida with the team my very first year. And I just was on the edge of my seat trying to figure out what the guys were doing in Florida, and we just didn't have it out there. So that's really where it started was me deciding I, if I'm chomping at the bit to know what the team's doing, I can only imagine what their parents at home are wondering about how the team's doing. So I try to be informative, try not to bug people on Twitter too much, but I have fun with it. I would echo what uh, Wyatt said. You do a great job, and it's it's unlike anything that's happening other spots in the UMAC for sure, and most of D three as well. So it, it is much appreciated by the fans. I would say for sure. Well, thank so you. I'm not I'm not sure exactly how to ask this, but there's some nice facial hair on the coaching staff across the board. Okay, and Wyatt mm-hmm. doesn't know that I'm going to bring this up, but I want to bring it up because he went outside of the box a little bit down the stretch last season, and why not? And his final ride to do that. You got some nice facial hair on the club this season. My long roundabout way of asking is, you know the look that he was trying to sport down the stretch last season. Trying How would you rate to, that? Trying to. I pulled no, it off. No, that you did. You pulled it off. Thank you. you. You did. You put a lot of effort into it. Scale I was of one to- he was going to lose a girlfriend <laughs> over it. That's why I, I would say, it, yeah, you know, I know baseball is important, Wyatt, but is Man, this, you know, is this it? But there, there were some tough days, but we're stronger I because of it. it. You know, and that's just it. 
My wife doesn't like that I have a beard either, and I say, you know, if you can love me at this point and love me through this, we're gonna be better for it. So. <laughs> does she Good on you. D- does she mind the handlebars, or is she she a no go on that? She has come around to the idea that it is a baseball thing. Okay, <laughs> and she is glad that it mostly what happens in Florida stays in Florida is kind of. Sure. The official Widbin House take on when I get a little interesting with my facial hair. So uh, she's she's been along for the... I mean, she married me. I did not exactly become me as a surprise after we were married. So, I mean, <laughs> she, she kind of deserves a whole litany of awards for this. But she's, she's awesome with whatever I'm doing at any given time. No, there wasn't a real question. I was going to say scale one to ten, how good was it? But it worked. The mullet, yeah. Wyatt, everything you tried and everything, everything that the rest Wyatt of the guys did. I mean, it all worked. Was, oh, man. <laughs> Wyatt, which should not come as a surprise to anyone who listens to this podcast, whether it be basketball or baseball, will take it up a notch. If he's going to do something, it's going to be done over and above. And it was great to see that happen on the diamond. It was great to see that happen in the barber's chair. It's great to see that happen in radio. It's it's all just right there. Hey, I wasn't the only one that rocked the mullet. You know, you had the big O, Samansky. So they got to carry the tradition on this year. That's all I'm saying. Somebody better have one come conference tournament time. That's we, all I'm saying. We had perms in Florida oh, this yeah. year. So I can only imagine if we are so fortunate to make the conference tournament, and that's the goal, uh-huh. that uh, we will sport some some pretty good looks i have no doubt in this team's ability to do that this is uh, my last question for you and then if ryan wants to close after that i'll give him the opportunity to do so but i just want to know and, and i know about this because i obviously played there for a long time but there is something different about being part of the northwestern baseball program it's bigger than just baseball can you talk about that just briefly as far as what the goal is and the mission and obviously you want to win games but there is a bigger purpose behind it and just what it's like to be a part of something like that you know, um, it is it is unique, and I don't think that, at least I sincerely pray that we're not the only program that takes this approach with our players, where it isn't just about what they do on the field, it's about who they're becoming off the field, it's what we're going to send into the world, because, you know what's 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 the line we're all told at some point that we can no longer play a children's mm-hmm. game right it's a good movie and, yeah and so and, but i mean there's there's very real applications to that the you know this is going to be coach speak but you know hopefully coming from me you can see it as a little different i mean i i have kept in contact with a lot of these players from you know my first season and you know all the seasons moving forward and it's, it's awesome when they come back and say things like, you know, we didn't necessarily even want to hear all of this at the time, but it, it made such an impact on how I do my job and how I, you know, and how I treat my family and how I deal with, you know, when life gets hard, what we learned when things aren't always the way we want them to be on the diamond. And we, we spend time talking about that. We want to win just as much as anybody in the UMAC, as much as anybody in Division Three, But we know that it's about building character, and we stress that, and specific to Northwestern, and really to a lot of schools in the UMAC, being a Christian university, it's, 
it's about building men of God and not that we're perfect and not that we're not going to, you know, fall short of that. I can guarantee we do. We all, you know, the coaches, everybody, you know, we all lose sight of some of those things at times, but to, to have a focus that's higher on the wins and losses, that's higher on, you know, well, who's going to be, you know, batting third and, you know, can we, you know, how strong is the bullpen to, to build into all corners of the program makes a season worthwhile and important to, regardless of how we finish it, I think. And I think that's what makes it unique in that it it is something that, you know, with my role in the team, I can view as, as a ministry outlet, you know, and that's 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 incredibly pleasing to me and something where, you know, I like to have my daughters around the program as much as possible, and I feel comfortable doing that. I wouldn't feel comfortable having, you know, young children around just any college baseball program or any college in general, but um, I I trust the the character of these guys and love getting to spend time with them, you know, outside of when I go to work, you know, nine to five. I always tell people, you know, often I have two daughters and somewhere around 35 sons. And so that's, that's, that's how we like to view it. And, uh, and it, it's definitely worth all the extra hours that it takes to be a full-time employee somewhere else. And then after that, put the coach's hat on. Last one from me here. I know it's a long winding road to get to this point, as we've talked about here in this discussion. And I know this is maybe a tough question to answer, but if you want to surmise it to just down the stretch, what happened last season, or if there's something else that sticks out, is there one moment, whether it's a day, a game, something that happened on the road that sticks out in your time at Northwestern? I mentioned last season, if you want to, you know, bring up something from the regional that happened, one of those crazy games. I know there's like probably 10 things that pop into your head, but if you want to just leave us with one moment that really pops into your head when you get asked that question, favorite moment from your time at Northwestern? Well, yeah, it's... I have moments that I won't share on the podcast because I'll start on field. What I have dubbed the Misericordia Miracle will always stick out. Um, You know, to... This is going to sound so corny, but for those who aren't, you know, aware of the game, this was, uh, it was an elimination game to then play the regional championship game, right? And we are, I'm, I'm honestly probably going to get this wrong, Wyatt. You probably know it. Well, I'll, I'll let you know if you do. Yeah, it's, it's, we're down. What is it? We're down two. We're one. Yes, yeah, so we're down two. We tie it. We're down one. Sack fly, Wyatt Morrell ties it. Then we're down, was it two again? Yep. Correct? Yep. With two outs. With our eight, nine, and one hitters coming up. And we tie it. And then we finally get the shutdown inning, and we end up winning the game. And as as corny as it sounds, to, you know, we obviously wanted to win the game. It was incredibly emotional. We were all completely frayed as a coaching staff it's it's almost worse you know 
I don't know what it's like to play in a game like that, but at least you're, you can do something about it to sit back and be part of the team, but not able to play. I mean, that's a whole nother level of helplessness, but, um, but just, just to watch the resolve of that team to see how there was, you know, it would have been easy to give up at any one of those points and to see it not happen to, to see it prevail in ways where you don't have to say, you know, well, we fought back twice and we just came up short, but to actually like have it work out. I mean, that was truly incredible. The, the stuff that I won't necessarily, you know, say specifics on the podcast, but the one-on-one conversations I've had with any number of players that are struggling with things in life that can be about baseball, you know, well, why is my playing time this? Why am I not being noticed? Why am I not in this rotation? But the more important things, and to not have all the answers, I don't have all the answers, but I've made enough mistakes in my life that my mistakes are now valuable to a new generation of young men. And that, being able to share that with the players and to continue to share that as I learn how to live life, you know, as a 32-year-old who has very little figured out in any area of life, but to say well, here's where I screwed up. And, you know, this isn't what you, you know, this isn't an area that you want to go into. But to just, to listen to that and to see players go through tough times and to see them actually get through those tough times, those are the things that really stick out to me in in this coaching ministry hybrid that I've found at Northwestern. So... There's the on-field stuff, and that's very exciting and great, but at the end of it, it is it is watching players mature in every area of their life that is really, really worthwhile for me. Yeah, thanks for uh, – we, we really appreciate your time coming on, Whitman, and uh, talking a little bit about the program, yourself, your background, and stuff like that. Uh, we'll be obviously keeping an eye on the team the rest of the way this year, and uh, we do appreciate you giving us some insight into this year and just your path and everything. So thanks for taking some time out of your busy schedule. We appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate everything you guys are doing with this podcast. It's really fun to hear, and it's fun to hear from all the other teams too. I'm glad you're not just, you know, beaten the Northwestern drum. It's it, it's a much better program uh, the more even exposure you give to everybody. So that's been really fun to hear. Thanks, guys. Yep, absolutely. Thank you.